Hello, and welcome to another engaging episode of Cyber Speaks Live, the InfoSec podcast recorded in front of a live online audience, giving you, the community, a voice that can be heard around the world. And now it's time for your host, Duncan Macklin. Hello, folks. My name is Duncan Macklin. I am InfoSec War on Twitter. This is Cyber Speaks Live. I cannot wait to get started today. We have such a great panel of industry heavyweights that I am so honored to have joining us to talk about the Offensive Security uh, Certified Professional exam prep and everything that you need to know, all the ins and outs of it. We are joined by, like I said, just a great panel of experts. But before we do get into that, I want to take a moment to highlight one of our cybersecurity nonprofits, and that is the Diana Initiative. And I am so pleased to be joined by Encrypted, from the Diana Initiative to talk about it and what they're about and what some of their needs are and how you may be able to help. So with that, Encrypted, are you there? Hello, I am here. Thank you so much for inviting us to join you today. This this means a lot. Absolutely, it is my pleasure. So the Diana Initiative, first off, I just gotta ask behind (laughs) the name, Is there a Diana? What's the story behind the name and what are you guys about? Well, there are a lot of famous Dianas in history. They're all inspiring and kick-ass. They have meaning to each of us, but we were really inspired because that was the year that Wonder Woman came out and (laughs) we all agreed that Diana Prince just totally took charge of the situation and we loved that. So we chose that as as our name and then as we built on it of course we thought of other great historical diana figures that just continue to build layer upon layer of strength and and leadership and ability and that's you know such a positive message absolutely my mind immediately then goes to diana ross see yeah that a great a great figure i love diana ross there's people who love diana who's the goddess the Greek goddess, there's, you name it, everybody has a Diana they can think of, even personal Dianas who've held great meaning in people's lives. So there you go. go. There you go. So let's talk about the initiative part. What is the initiative about? So the initiative, initiative really stands for taking the initiative, right? Being a leader, making a change, creating a movement. And that, that was what we wanted to to bring to this arena. And what we really wanted to be able to do was celebrate women in tech and and empower them to hear the voices and amplify that, to create opportunities and bring people into this field, make people aware of the strength and the beauty and the power of diversity. So with that, we've had several great years. This was gonna be another great year. We were hoping to be at the Westin but now we're going to be holding our conference virtually because, of course, it is 2020. And having to deal with COVID-19, social distancing, and yeah. unfortunately, it's had such an impact on cybersecurity events around the globe. And a lot of people feel 
deeply disconnected from our community as a result. And we talked about that last week on the show and the personal impact it's had on so many folks. What's planned for this year and how can folks get involved? I understand that you have a pretty significant call for volunteers, right? We do. We closed it effective um, Monday night, but if you still want to um, approach us, you could, you could send um, emails and let us know. We're, we're still filling positions uh, going through that. And I can tell you what we're going to be doing if that will help because we have a terrific lineup. One of the biggest things we do is our career village. This is phenomenal because there's mock interviews and mm -hmm. resume reviewers, matching people with talents and skills to availabilities in the industry. If you know somebody, if you know of opportunities and positions, bring it, bring it to us. We would love that. That is huge. We've got our maker village. So that's soldering and huh, who does not love a blinky batch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've had a great run with that. So this year, more of the same. I uh, can promise you that. We've And listen, the tickets are a great price at $5. How can you miss? And there's information on our website, diana.org, for the little shopping list of things if you want to join in. We've got Lockpicking Village. So our, our friends at Lockpick Extreme have joined us yet again. I forgot to wear my lockpick earrings. <laughs> Do not leave home without those kids. They are fabulous. And we have a Capture the Flag. We had an inaugural event last year. We have just brought that back in spades. It's going to be fantastic. And the Red Team Village is coming to Diana, and we are going to be able to offer that as well. Oh, perfect. Oh, yes. Yes, because we are all about kick-ass, right? Let's do it. And to speak to that note, we have got speakers, fantastic speakers. Every year we are blown away by the submissions we get and the quality of the talks that we get to bring to the world. And this year is no exception. And I want to just take a second and highlight that we have two phenomenal speakers for our opening. That's Yolanda Smith and Tracy Malief and two phenomenal speakers for our closing. That's Jules Okafor and Kirsten Bragger. So you cannot miss. And thank you to everybody who's already supporting us, gonna be in attendance. Come and join us, the more the merrier. It's, it's all about inclusion. There you have it, folks. So the Diana Initiative, you can also reach out on Twitter. What's our website address again, diana.org? Dianainitiative.org. There you go. Thank you so much, Encrypted, for joining us. Are you going to be able to stick around? I will listen in and see what I can learn. That would be phenomenal. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. If you could, put yourself back on mute, mm -hmm. and I appreciate it. So with that, folks, again, the Diana Initiative, if you're able to provide whatever support, donations, attendance to their events, it's wonderful to see them a part of our community. So with that, let me go ahead and get to the meat of the subject today, and that is offensive security training, specifically the OSCP. Joining me is the president of offensive security, Jim O'Gorman. Jim, are you there, sir? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It is my honor. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us here with our panel and our audience. So, Jim, I did a little bit of OSINT on you, sir. Um, 
LinkedIn profile. Pretty interesting stuff there. You uh, cite yourself as a malicious entity simulator. Can you elaborate on that one? Uh, it seemed like a, a less generic term uh, for a penetration tester. Uh, you know, over the years, the the roles and the responsibilities change a lot. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I'm not very big on keeping LinkedIn and, and that sort of thing up. So I uh, I tend to put a bunch of generic stuff up on there that that won't really change too much and uh, leave it be. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, haven't been an evangelist for software companies for the past 10 years or so. I have no OPSEC whatsoever. My stuff's out there. So I just figure what the hell. Oh, uh, I hear you. So tell me a bit about offensive security. Who are they and what they're about? So TLDR version, um, you know, cause I, I think a lot of people have heard the story before, but uh Started out uh, focused on OFSEC 101, which was a, a course that was uh, created around Backtrack at the time. Uh, OFSEC 101 quickly went through some name changes uh, and then became pen testing with Backtrack. Uh, additional courses started being added onto the to the tree, starting to create a bit of a of a track in terms of of learning. Um, eventually, as time goes by, the company gets larger and larger. We we get involved in more and more items, uh, various other open source projects. Uh, you know, when uh, we we started up. Uh, exploit database. Uh, we, we have uh, the Google hacking database, um, other community projects like that, uh, which, which we take care of. Uh, over time, Backtrack evolved into Cali. Um, we we kind of did a restart there. And then that, that, of course, led to PWB becoming PWK. And um, Right. Again, more uh, more changes and more more additions to the to the courses as, as time goes by. Excellent. So with Jim, I am also joined by several other guest co-hosts today, and I'm going to ask each one of them just to kind of give a little bit of their background and as it pertains to cybersecurity and the OSCP. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off here with Blind Hacker. Joe, you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so... I guess the basics uh, break down to 15 years of experience in cybersecurity. Um, I do, uh, do pen testing day to day. I currently hold the title of uh, head of offensive security and development at my uh, consulting firm. Got a lot of experience, got my OSC a number of years ago. Uh, do, do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of streaming, a lot of give back. I love, uh, you know, I love Diane Anish, I love OFSEC. I communicate frequently with, uh, not directly with Jim, actually. It's a kind of, a, I think this might be the first time we've ever chatted directly, but through his staff and, yeah. uh, of course, uh, poking fun at them on uh, the forums <laughs> and other places. So uh, There you have it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us. And uh, how can folks follow you on Twitter? Uh, literally the handle of the blind hacker. You know, that's the, the other uh, interesting thing, right? It's uh, something else about me. I actually am visually impaired, legally blind, right? It's not just a cool handle. It's not uh, you know, uh, I keep making jokes because I've given talks about, uh, you know, what it's like for me to do my job visually impaired, what it was like for me initially my original streams because I was a streamer. I got I got the handle and started doing streams was my experience through the OSCP being visually impaired, but also just being a, a generalized hacker because I've got so much experience talking about how I got through OSCP, how I got through these things. And then I started doing CTFs live, stuff like that. So that was kind of how I got my claim to initial fame. And now 
I'm a big community supporter, again, supporting things, doing charity CTA, charity uh, events for Diana Initiative, doing things with OFSEC, uh, trying to help raise money and awareness for all kinds of groups and things out there. So, but Man, you're sitting here making me feel like my excuses <laughs> are invalid. Yeah, uh, I, I have I, to the other thing I'll say, don't, you. don't, don't, do not remotely compare yourself to me. Uh, I don't have kids. I, I have a wife. Uh, <laughs> well, she and she fully supports me doing the insane amount of things I do. I've physically trained my body to sleep for eight minutes a night. So other than that, there's no way most mechanical, non-mechanical people can keep up with me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to move on. You're, I'm sh I have to shake this one off. Okay. So John Dorbeck, Zen Master, you're up. Uh, my name is John Dorbeck. I am a part owner of an MSP in Denver, uh, Go West IT. I'm day-to-day -day doing information security stuff for my company but also we kind of wear a lot of hats. So I do network security, network engineering and, and system administration and pretty much everything. Uh, but we do pen testing and remediation and that for our, our customers as well. We support a few hundred businesses. But I decided uh, maybe a year ago that uh, after hearing all the great things about uh, OPSEC that I really wanted to test my metal and see see if, if I was up to the challenge. And uh, so about May last year, I started to study up for it. And uh, while I was on vacation, I was doing, um, you know, hacking. I, I have kids, unlike some people. And so I would wake up early in the morning and hack and then uh, be a dad and work and then try to study for the, the OSCP. And I, I passed it this year. I, I failed it the first time. Like so many do. Those of you, those of you who've, who've been there, done that, you're in great company with me. But I, I didn't quit. I kept, kept trying harder and uh, passed it this year, uh, or early this year. Great. And that seems to be the, uh, the mantra, try harder. So let's uh, go ahead and move on with Ian Secretario. Ian, you there? Hi, everyone. So uh, I'm Ian Secretario. Uh, I'm a penetration tester and a red team enthusiast. Uh, I also am a cybersecurity instructor. I'm a founder of Guidem, which is a company in the Philippines. My background is all about network engineering and uh, system administration before I move forward to become a cybersecurity professional. I'm a huge fan of uh, offensive security. I currently hold offensive security certified professional and uh, the OSCE. I'm mostly interested in exploitation and bypasses. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And lastly, before I introduce Roger, let me just lay the foundation here. So Jim is obviously our expert coming from offensive security. The three gentlemen that you just heard from, Blind Hacker, Zen Master, and Secretario, they are OSCP certified. I reached out on Twitter, asked if we had some certified folks that would like to come on to the show and help tell you guys what this exam is all about and what you can expect, what uh, their experiences were like, and where you may be able to benefit from some of their knowledge and experience. Roger is one of those gentlemen. Roger White is joining us. He's a candidate who's getting ready to take 
the OSCP himself. So Roger, please, if you will, introduce yourself. Hello, guys. Yeah, my name is Roger White. I am, um, I've been in the field for 20 years. I'm a Microsoft, Microsoft engineer, uh, also working in Azure and Active Directory. Uh, I'm, I guess you could say I'm a blue teamer, right? Everybody here is a red team or some of them look like hackers to me, but. Right? I don't know. I was told I don't <laughs> look like a hacker in chat, so I don't know what the hell to think about that. <laughs> But yeah, so I wanted to cross over to the other side. I guess that makes me purple, right? I want to be a purple teamer. So yeah, I heard a lot about the cert from offense security. Everybody says that that's the holy grail. I don't, I don't know if they give it out free stuff. Is that why people say that? <laughs> but you know, yeah. So, so that's why. You know, and that's the thing, it, it is kind of that holy grail. And from what I understand, you know, I've not sat for the exam either. So I kind of get the idea or understanding that this is kind of like the CCIE, you know, back in the day when you would walk in and there's a rack of switches and Cisco's gone through and you know, done their little monkeying with them and you got to figure out what's wrong and why systems can't connect, you know, and you have a limited amount of time to be able to do this. From my understanding, Jim, you know, let's talk about this exam. What are your requirements? What can these folks expect when they do take the plunge and decide that they want to sit for this particular exam? I think a lot of the reputation comes from the fact that it's different from a lot of the industry standard approach. Um, you know, we're, we're not a multiple choice question and answer 70% or better open book and you pass sort of approach. And instead, what happens is you are provided access to a remote network. You're assigned a series of tasks that you're supposed to accomplish within that network. You uh, have limitations in terms of what is and is not allowed, similar to what you would have in a real assessment in terms of having scope that's defined. And then it's up to you to accomplish those goals, take notes, document your results, and then turn it all in afterwards. And you have a time limit to do so. 24-hour um, time limit for the OSCP. Uh, does everybody take the full time? No. Um, you know, it just really depends on, on how quickly you can execute, um, how how solid your methodology is. You know, some, sometimes people need that extra time, sometimes not. The extra time allows you, I, th I think part of this is, is mental. Um, we're, we're not just testing your ability to know what command line switches do what in what tool. It's a matter of also being able to operate under stress. You know, a lot of times when you're in the field, you're doing an assessment, you have one week, two weeks or so to do do the job and you got to do the report. Uh, the clock is ticking. By the time you get to Wednesday in a one week assessment, the stress really starts to kick in. And, uh, how am I going to do it? I got to deliver results. The customer's depending on it. I got to look uh, like I know what I'm doing. It's, there's a lot of factors that come into play. Uh, the 24 hour exam is part mental uh, in order to put you into those sorts of stressful situations of being able to, to still execute in a highly technical manner when you're stressed out, when you're, you're a little bit freaked. Um, so it's, 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 it's a different environment and it throws some people off for sure. So let's step back, if you don't mind. How did this whole exam come to be? Uh, you're, you're really going back in time there. Um, so, so, I mean, overall, the, the goal 
I mean, if, if you look at the, back when the dot-com boom was happening and uh, certifications came up really quick, right? You know, there, there was a lot of different certs that, that, that were coming up. I, I know I had a lot of them. They, they very quickly got a bad reputation and, and uh, you, you would get the cert to get through an HR filter, but was the certification really an, a true evaluation about your ability to perform or actually know and understand the material? And, and not so much. There was so much exam cram sort of uh, boot right. camp styled teaching. And um, yes, you can memorize a lot of things and, and you got multiple choice, even if it's closed book uh, in a four question, I, uh, four, four possible answer item, most of the time, 50% of those are, are um, distractors. And so you're down to a 50-50 shot um, in, terms of, in terms of passing just with the, the questions that remain, or they go into how you parse the English language. You know, they, they'll have uh, little, little tricks in there where it sounds like the, the question's asking one thing, but they throw in a term like not and, and, and try to throw you off. Um, th that, that, none of us were a fan of that sort of, of approach. Uh, instead, the offsex certs are really there to be, uh, to, to be a true evaluation of, of, do you know what you're talking about? Are, are you actually able to, to perform? And how else better to do that than hands-on? And I think you know, you, you mentioned the old Cisco uh, cert, uh, Red Hat used to, I don't know if they still do or not, but they used to have a very hands-on uh, assessment uh, sort of methodology where you had to go into a, to an environment, you know, here's a broken machine, you need to set it up, you need to configure it to accomplish certain things. And um, those were the certs that in, in the day were continued to be respected, even once you had that certification kind of crash that happened in the marketplace. And so we just, um, we wanted to avoid the traps of, of what came before. That's a really good description of the origin. And I can certainly relate having been in this industry for 25 years now and was part of that initial wave of Microsoft certified professionals. You know, my first MCP was in 97 yep. and I watched the industry turn to shit real mm -hmm. quick uh, with a lot of paper MCSEs coming in. Yep. And I can definitely relate to you there. So thank you for that. But I have to ask, you know, as the creators of Cali, mm -hmm. how much of that played a role in your decision to put forth certifications? Well, the, 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 the company really started because uh, Maddie, the, the founder, um, you know, he backtrack was his, um, it was his baby. And um, he, he tells the story about how when he went to, uh, to Black Hat, he was walking around, and he saw all these other training classes that were set up, utilizing backtrack as the uh, foundation of the course. And um, he had two problems with that. Number one, um, he didn't like the way they were approaching it. He, he felt like there was a lot of misinformation that, that was um, part of those. And number two, um, they were all making money off of it and he wasn't. Uh, so so the, the, those, those were both, uh, I, I put this thing out here and I'm not making a dime from this. We need, we need to change this around. And so um, the, there, there was that, that aspect of now putting, you put out a training course. Um, the, our, 
our certification is not a profit center for us. Uh, if, if you look at the pricing, the certification attempts are actually really low compared to the industry standard. And, and that's because we, our product is the training. Um, the certification is a community service that we do in order to help people validate whether or not they've obtained that, that knowledge. But our, our core, we do not view ourselves uh, as a core business of selling certification. I think if you do that, then you wind up making a lot of mistakes in terms of uh, you, you want to you know, crank through as many people as possible to make the numbers look good. No, that, that, that's not what we're about. The certifications have to maintain integrity. Uh, it has to Absolutely. be respectful to everybody that has come before. If, if we do something today to crank those numbers up and make the cert more adopted in the marketplace, that's disrespectful to everybody else that's come before. It, it dilutes the value. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So, you know, speaking of, of that area of the exam process and whatnot, I, I do see some stuff in chat about pricing and whatnot. Yep. So give folks an idea of what they can expect as far as costs related to sitting for the exam and, and take partaking in the training because the exam is included in your training, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bundled in. Um, yeah, you're, you're making me go to our own website because I never remember the pricing off the top of my head. Um, so, so we, we, I think it's, it's fair to look at our pricing in terms of buckets. Um, we always try to maintain a option, especially self-study option that is affordable to an individual. If you're working fast food or, or you know, at, at a retail establishment or something somewhere and you're trying to get into the market, there needs to be an industry provided method for you to get in. And, and so that's the online training. Uh, so so I'm, I'm, I had to pull up our site, uh, PWK plus 30. So 30 days uh, in the labs, plus the courseware, plus the certification, a thousand dollars US, 999 rather, uh, cause that dollar makes a difference. Um, and then <laughs> exactly. uh, it, it's also sold in 60 and 90 day uh, bundles. Um, and then there's lab extensions, there's retake fee, retake. Uh, so, so you get the, the OSCP attempt bundled into the initial package, but then if you want to uh, retake it, you, you fail and you, you want to step forward again. It's $150 for, for the retake. Um, on top of that, we do have other um, more expensive options. Uh, and, and so if you're already working at a company, you're part of a training budget, someone's going to be paying uh, for, for your training. We have other items that are more industry standard in terms of pricing. So live training, uh, we recently launched our, what we're calling the Offsec Academy, which is a more mentor-based approach of working through the um, the lab the, the the online material so it's a 13-week program with regular one-on-one -on -one meetings weekly uh, meetups uh, private oh, chat wow. for, for the cohort and that sort of thing so that was uh, we, we just finished the first initial run of that uh, a couple weeks back and that was a uh, that was a fun experience um, certainly a, a, but but it's more expensive obviously uh, you, you got a lot of time with us, uh, that that is part of that. So it's more expensive for us to deliver. So so obviously that's that's going to cost more. You're not going to really pay for that one out of pocket. Um, but but that's that's really not not what it's made for. It's it's made for those individuals that are already working in a company that has somebody paying for them. Um, otherwise, you have the the online packages as uh, as fees. Thank you. I appreciate that level of detail. I believe L has a follow up to that though. L, can you? Uh... Yes. So I've been monitoring questions in chat and mm -hmm. while wow, people have a lot to say, one of the questions we've gotten a few times though is if any of you know any organizations that are offering scholarships to help for minorities or 
just in general for individuals who might need a little help covering the cost. Yeah, we are. We recently announced, uh, it's, it's on a blog post on our site somewhere, um, we, we recently announced an offsite giving program. We've always done things to sponsor different events, um, that, that sort of thing, and we leave it up to the events to decide what to do with the, when, we, when, when I say sponsor, what I mean is we give free courses. Um, that, that, that's how we sponsor items. Uh, and so we leave it up to those events to decide, are they going to sell or give away or use as prizes, those various different items. But um, what we've expanded upon that where each month we're partnering with a different organization and that organization um, is going to decide who to receive uh, these various different um, giveaways of, of the course uh, of the courses um, I think we're doing 10 a month uh, in terms of giveaways at this point uh, if, if I'm remembering that properly we, we don't really feel like we're close enough to those individual situations to make um, well-educated picks in terms of who to give away to uh, so instead, we're partnering with organizations, um, and, and like I said, each month it's a different org. Uh, so the first one was um, a community member, Marcus Carvey, uh, Marcus J. Carvey, if, if you know him. We, we, we partnered with Marcus, and he uh, he ran the initial month of, of, of giving. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember off the top of my head who the, the latest one is, but um, but yeah, that, that's an ongoing program. Something to definitely keep an eye on. So, Jim, let me ask you yeah. real quick before I, I get into our certified professionals and kind of their experiences and tips for our listeners. How can folks stay abreast of some of these changes and know what's going on within the community and what you're doing to help folks out in that regard? Good question. Um, so we, we got maybe three different ways come to mind. Uh, number one, there's the Twitter account and Twitter is kind of like our, our primary uh, way of, of communicating things out. Um, obviously our blog, but if you follow Twitter, you get linked to all the different blog uh, posting. Unless you're, you're like me and you're still hardcore RSS reader. So, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's still like dozens of us, but um, the, the other one that, that comes to mind is there's an, I think we're calling it like the offsec insider or something like that. Um, obviously I'm not a detail person, but, uh, but th there's a mailing list that we have that you can sign up for and it sends out uh, announcements on a regular basis and uh, sometimes gives you early access to, uh, to new items items. There you go. Sounds like a, a winning tip there. All right. So let me go ahead and get to our other guest here to talk about their experiences and hopefully share some wisdom and, and strengths with our listeners. Blind Hacker, Joe, come on in here. Tell me what it was like for you, man. What, why'd you go down this path and what was that initial experience like for you once that clock started ticking down well uh i want to start off first uh kind of highlighting uh my, my community that i do run which is dead pixel sec it's the uh same community that um helped out a lot with diana initiative and a lot of like other community-based stuff um, mm -hmm. but, uh, by the way, we do, uh, giveaways and, in the, uh, uh, Jim actually, uh, uh, you know, I got them through, uh, other community members, but we, we did give away, uh, some, uh, OSCP vouchers for, uh, Diana initiative. We, for people who were donating. So, you know, uh, they do a lot of stuff like that, that maybe Jim isn't even fully aware of at times. <laughs> um, but so firstly that so uh, secondly a lot i see a lot of like how do i get hints and tips i will definitely get to some of those but 
there's there's some good stuff there and a, a lot of stuff that I learned when doing it. So now to, to the specific question, why did I do it? Well, uh, kind of why didn't I do it? Uh, at this point, I had, uh, I, at that point, I had like 13 years of experience in the industry and I was like, well, okay. Uh, I was so nervous about it because it was just this untouchable thing it was this really hard thing and then uh but people then people are like wow wait why are you scared of it you know all this glorious stuff i'm like okay cool I, i'm still scared of it so then um <laughs> of course I, interestingly enough i actually got fooled into doing it um not not really a real good friend of mine was like hey i'm doing this you should just sign up too so i was like screw it i signed i went signed up tossed in a credit card <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it so he was like, uh, so uh, with that, by the way, uh, you're going to start a study group. Uh, wait, what? And so I reached out to a few other Nova hackers, uh, where, uh, local hacker association where I am, like anybody else studying? And a few people like here, here. And then uh, a few people on Twitter was like, hey, anybody else studying? So we tried to get a lot more uh, local people. So we could, if, we, if we wanted to, we could meet up, we could do things. Uh, so ultimately, I think that's what really led to the group's success uh, out of uh, nine or i think it was eight people seven people all passed first time um because we just spent a lot of time like drilling each other uh you know we'd read forums and we'd read these like crazy things like oh before you even attempt it you need to do 70 things on hack the box and you're like guys there's only 55 retired boxes on hack the box how do i do seven you know just all these like weird like people like oh this is my opinion these things and you're like okay hold on first and first and foremost i'm a mentor i'm an educator myself let's take a look at the material. So you signed up, you, two weeks later, you get the material, you start reading through, you're like, okay, this is a lot of rudimentary stuff initially. But but I, I, some guys started skipping ahead and like, no, 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 don't skip ahead. There's a reason that this is here. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, they wouldn't put stuff like update DB and locate files in there just because it's Tuesday. There's a reason they're doing this. So let's, let's think about this reason and start applying it to our methodology. And I, I came down real hard and I was like, look, we, we all are pen testers. We all can go to hack the box. We can all do these things. But what makes this exam different? This exam is different because we have to do these things, firstly, in 24 hours. Uh, right. Secondly, you have to do them kind of with the, just that stress, that peering down of just, oh, my God, four boxes, 24 hours. Well, when you're a pen tester, like four boxes, 24 hours, I could do an entire active directory in 35 minutes after getting on a network if they have the right weaknesses in place. And you're like. Okay, well, four boxes actually kind of seems plausible now, or uh, plus the buffer overflow. You're like, all right. You start going through the material. You're like, okay, here's these things. So you start. Uh, I started really integrating the steps that were in the study material. So I did a pre the update, of course. So I started going through the study material. Like, all right, these things are in here for a reason. We're doing these things for a reason. We're learning for a reason. And then I applied them every time I would add files to my system, update DB, locate files. So I'm I'm pulling in these things, and then I'm like, in my head, I'm like. All right, cool. There's there's teaching us Python simple HTTPs or oh well there's these way better things up there. But then you go, hold on, they're teaching you for a reason. And then you start to build your own folder. And this goes, by the way, this is advice. Write this down, kids. Um, I started to build my own folder of exploits. Like, cool, there's some things built in the system, but if I can just go to, you know, root uh, you know, home blind hacker slash exploits, and then anytime I just do Python simple server, uh, serve that up. I've got everything I need right there. So W get when you start popping box, you start pulling those things down. And then you go, okay, cool. Now I've got this setup. I'm feeling good. I see this methodology. So what I keep telling people is when you do the OSCP, study the material, but 
realize you have to do a second thing and it's not talked about. I don't see it in many places. I talk about it. I have, I, I did a terrible blog post that's been since removed because it's, it was very poorly written. I will one day put the backup notes and links to things I use, but the, the ultimate thing here is, is creating your uh, OSCP methodology. And, and it's, I learned that it's not just an OSCP methodology. I use this anytime I get on the boxes now. So you can't just do like, you know, uh, original rec like, oh, recon, footprinting. You, you get these like this big hacker methodology. And that's really good. And that's a really good step. But when you start to get to the OSCP point, you need to go, I need to do recon, 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 enumerate, recon, recon, recon. So you take that enumeration, you <laughs> right, recon right. a little bit more and you go, that, this is a Windows box. Why is SMB open? That's a, that's a, I saw somebody asking about this. That's a, that's a rabbit hole. Next. All right. That's this. Uh, that's probably vulnerable. I'll poke at it with this tool. Um, all right. This is this. Poke at it with this tool. Move on to the next box. Start working on the next box. Go back. Uh, okay. Recon, 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 enumeration, recon, recon. Go back. Okay. Boom. All right. Hey, look, I'm getting results. This, this looks like it should be something vulnerable. Boom. Okay, cool. Um, now let me spend the time to work with exploit DB. Let me spend the time to work with the tools that are allowed on the exam to do it. And so coming at that from the training perspective, you get these lab boxes. Uh, I think I had 70 boxes on the network when I was doing it. They, they ebb and flow. Um, uh, and then the, then the update came out. Now there's like a ton more boxes and they threw out some of the like really old boxes and they're like, here's these better newer boxes. And you go, cool. So you start to go, okay, now this feels realistic. Now, now I'm on a box that has a vulnerability that is from this year. And you're like, oh, you'll never see that. I'm like, guys, I got 50, I got 12 years of experience when I was doing this. So I was like, I've actually seen these vulnerabilities in networks like two days ago. And yeah, they say MSO8 or whatever. So you're like, okay. So again, you develop your methodology, you develop the OSCP methodology. And I can't, right. my personal recommendation, recon, 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 enumeration, recon, recon. Um, then you go, okay, so now I'm getting exploits. Now I'm doing this. So now you got to go, hey, since I joined the group, I started going, guys, Tuesday night, we're going to meet and we're going to race. I'm like, what? Like, God, it is a race. You, you have, it's, it's a time crunch. We're going to race. Yep. We're gonna do so who can do a box in one hour right now? Let's go pick a random box. None of us touch. Let's go do it. Uh, sometimes you screw up when doing that because you pick a box. Uh, I don't know if I can talk box names, but you pick a box that actually isn't exploitable directly. You have to use another box's information. You're like beating your head against the desk and you're like, <laughs> screw it, we'll go to a different box. And then you pop that different box. Like, we can go back to the other box, guys. We got what yeah. we needed. <laughs> so. and, and sometimes it takes stepping away from that one scenario and focusing on something different just to realign the thinking process back to where you were getting stumped. Related to that, let me address one of the questions in the Q&A from William. Uh, William asks, I have taken the exam once and unfortunately did not score enough points to pass. Any tips for regrouping and preparing for the second attempt? Now, with that, John, I believe you had said that you had sat for the exam, did not pass the first go, and had to retake it. Is that correct? That is correct. I was super close. I remember I had about 15 minutes left and I had waited on the buffer thinking this is easy. I can do this in my sleep. And apparently <laughs> not so much. Uh, so I was throwing all kinds of, of uh, shells at it. And, and I think I had just missed some of the uh, bad characters just from flying through it and went, ah, so I, I was super close. So what I would recommend if, if you've already failed is take stock of and, and be honest with yourself about where you struggled 
and work on those skills. Um, everybody comes from a different uh, skill set. Everybody has different experience. And for me, it was important to go, okay, I've got a lot of networking. I've got a, a lot of understanding of how to set servers up and how to work on them. And but I had weaknesses. I didn't know everything. And, and um, so I tried to focus a lot of my time, like uh, Blind Hacker said, learning how to enumerate boxes and things that you can try to cut down the amount of time it takes you so that you don't rabbit hole as much and you can then identify what the real attack path is. And again, to, to Blind Hacker's point, I'm just going to reiterate everything he said, but he, uh, <laughs> he he's correct in that the material is super important and focus on it, spend a lot of time on it. They don't teach you the things that they're, uh, that are in the labs uh, accidentally. They are trying to give you skills that will relate to the exam. And I did not feel that the exam was a trick or any kind of thing. I, I personally went through the 90 day uh, course. I hacked all the boxes, uh, all the, the big four, and I felt pretty comfortable. And again, um, I spent a lot of time on Hack the Box. I spent a lot of time going out and uh, downloading Hub boxes that people had said were similar and uh, trying to go through and give myself as many looks at different machines as I could to, to train for that 24 hour period. The, the amount of um, time that I spent beforehand writing up uh, ideas on how I could schedule my time so that I didn't spend too much time on any one box for too long. You need to take breaks, you need to rest, you need to eat, you need to get outside if you can and walk around. Right. Uh, don't just crush yourself. You want, they, they give you time. You have enough time to pass the exam. Uh, you can rest, that these are important things. And my, my experience was in both, in both attempts, I woke up the next morning after I, I'd started it in the morning at like 10, and so I knew I could get a, a decent five hours of sleep, wake up. I had new ideas in the morning about how to do things. Now, on the second attempt, I pretty much already passed by that point. Um, so I was mostly already verifying that I could take screenshots and, and document and make sure that while I had access to the labs, that you don't end your exam too soon. Make sure that you can go through your notes. And right, did, right. You, did you take that screenshot? Did you get that information that you're going to need because if you can't prove that you did it or if you can't do a good report, then you're also not going to pass. So it's not just about hitting the five boxes. The second exam, I had all of the exercises complete. I got all the boxes. So I got 105% or whatever, probably, and, and felt like I had crushed it the first time I was super close. So the second time I didn't really want to leave anything to chance. So if you right. failed it the first time, spend the time. Uh, to prepare your write-up beforehand, have your template ready, have what you're going to put uh, and turn in the outline ready, have your exam attempt scheduled out so that you know what you need to accomplish in what amount of time so that you can manage that time properly and make sure that you're ready. And then you still have another 24 hours after you've ended the exam to finish up that. And, uh, and if you do everything right, you won't need all that time. There you go. Feeling. And we've already heard a couple good suggestions for those that may not pass the exam the first go round. 
Number one from Blind Hacker, get involved with a study group. You probably need to do that the first go round. Um, and secondly, the mentoring program that's now available. I can definitely see the value in that and making the investment in yourself and in your career and getting over that hurdle to pass the exam. I'd like to get to another question in the Q&A panel. This one's from Amin, I believe is how it's pronounced. He says, the list of tools that are not allowed in the exam are very generic. Can you give some more tips on choosing our tools safely? Ian, do you mind taking that one? Yeah, sure. What I would suggest is if uh, the tool automates the part of exploitation, it's safe that it's not allowed on the exam. But if you're, you're, you are having doubts, you could just ask the offensive security support or uh, as of right now, TJ Null is running the offensive security community, which is a very good resource. Back then, uh, when I was taking the OSCP course, uh, we didn't have that uh, interactive community. So that one you can, once you enrolled in the offensive security course, you will be added to that community, which uh, is managed by the offensive security people and staffs. Uh, you could ask those questions specifically if you have uh, doubts with those tools. Again, if you are having doubt, just make sure to ask first because you don't want to ruin your chance in passing the exam. I got to say that that's a very good answer. Um, I'm wondering if you're secretly an employee and I just don't know about it. Um, <laughs> that, that, was, that was very good. You're not a details guy, remember? <laughs> <laughs> so Roger, you're coming from the perspective of a candidate, what are, what are some of the pressing questions that are going through your head right now hearing what we've already heard? Some of the questions that I also see are being asked in the Q&A is one, Blind Hacker asks about study group. How can you find study groups? Do you sponsor any gym on your website or not really sponsor, but you know, refer or like in Discord or Twitch or Slack? Yeah, good, good call. We don't, we don't have a formalized program like that. Uh, it, it's, it's a good call. It, it might be something that we should look into a little bit more. Um, yeah. as, as was mentioned, we, we have our, um, we've recently relaunched our, our um, community uh, interactive chat system. Uh, and so that, that's developing out. I could easily see some channels being created for that purpose on that system. Um, that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, there's other discords that, that are out there um, that, that have, have strong industry reputation that cover more than just us. Um, you know, our, ours is obviously really good for us, but uh, there's, there's a greater community out there beyond OFSEC. And, and, and right. so uh, checking those out and, and they'll, they'll do some, some similar sort of items. Um, yeah, good, good, good feedback. Not something that, that we have a formal program on, but it's, it's okay. something we can look into. Yeah, but Microsoft does the same thing. They have user communities that they make sure are legit. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be nice if your company could also just make sure they're legit and not trying to con or spam anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I found the IRC pretty useful. IRC, the IRC community Twitter. on Freenode. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty useful. There's a lot of uh, people who have already passed the exam and throw out hints occasionally. The forums that are provided 
with the class have some information. So if, you, if you're going at it solo like I did and you don't have a lot of uh, people that you're working with, that was, I found pretty helpful. There's some big nerds on, on IRC that were helpful. And I'm still there, so I'm happy to help anybody who needs anything. Okay. And another question is how to get prepared, uh, I guess, your lab physically, how much, how much study time should you devote? Do you have that on your site already? Uh, some prepared prep guides? I feel yeah. Like well, mm -hmm. oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I feel like that's a really individual kind of scenario, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially coming from my, my mentor type perspective where, like, if you tell me you've been doing this for 10 years, I can go, cool, you should kind of know these things. Let's evaluate. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I think the website does say at least know how to do some of this stuff, you know, penetration testing. I've done some of it in the past. Um, it's really, I, I have seen it's really tough to come from a just purely either like IT background or even a SOC analyst background and start yeah. doing this. It's a mentality game. Right, right. And that's, and that's the missed messages we get uh, because it says it is a beginner's exam. And I know in IT, there's no such thing as beginner's exam, but it does say that in, in the, your marketing, that becomes confusing. Yeah, it, it's, this is the same thing we ran into when the original product name was Offsec 101. Um, and and, and we, we had to change that one because there is, I, I would argue that, that what you cover in terms of uh, PWK and then further on into OSCP is is the foundation of, of where you need to be when you're touching customer systems. Uh, beginner, that, 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 that's, that's, that's a tough one in, in this space. Um, as as was mentioned, um, a lot of times when people are coming into the space, at least especially traditionally, you're, you're not coming into the space blind. You're coming in with a background of, of you know, system ministry. <laughs> nice, nice. I, 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 uh, <laughs> no pun. <laughs> but, yeah, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, you're, you're coming in with a background of system administration, uh, network administration, maybe even help desk, you know, something like that where, where you're building off of it. Anymore, we do get a lot of people, especially since the OS CP has really become so popular and is right. listed for, as a job requirement. Uh, we get a lot of people that are coming in with zero background outside of like maybe high yes. school and some college. That's tough. You can still do it. There's a lot of people that do it, but it's, it's tough because you don't have that experience to build off of. Um, when we were just going through the academy, one of the things that really jumped out at me is a lot of times when you were talking prereqs and, and knowledge that you should have coming into this, um, we traditionally have, have always, it, it, this is an industry thing, not, not just an offsite thing, but we, we always think about skills. And so you have to know IP networking, you have to understand the basic Python and control structures and that sort of thing. And there's a lot of those items that make good prereqs coming into PWK. However, uh, one of the things that really jumped out at me is the, the aspect of critical thought and problem solving is something that is just not, um, not, not everybody has. And, and we, we, we need to look at how to better get that sort of way of, of questioning everything and, and questioning your concepts, uh, your approach and, and that sort of thing. That, that, that's a core item that, that I, I think just overall um, doesn't really matter where you're coming from. If you don't have that, you're going to have a hard time with this. And, and, and so troubleshooting that, that critical thought, that's the biggest thing there. Right. And do you have that document somewhere to help someone just starting 
um, e even before they, they haven't even taken the course yet to say, okay, I should have these certs. I should have this type of app set up, should be familiar with Kali Linux, for example. Do you have yeah, anything I think, in writing or any suggestions? Uh, I think a lot of that is addressed on the company's website itself. They do have a very extensive FAQ section that anybody who's looking at any of their certifications really needs to check out. I, I spent a good part of my morning today just going through all that. They, they've done a wonderful job putting together a lot of these common questions. I want to get back to our Q&A. Uh, we're already, gosh, already at the top of the hour, but we have such a great audience here. Uh, Jim, are you able to stick around? Yeah, yeah, all I right. can stay longer. No Fantastic. So one of these questions uh, from Mark, Mark's asking, does your report have to have proper remediation methods or just the process that you use to break in? We're coming back to Blind Hacker in our round robin. So Blind, you want to take that? Um, I, I'll, I'll rely on Jim. I don't think I really put in other remediation sites. Hey, patch it, right? Like, I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You can that if you want to. enough to get it for me. What's that, Jim? Yeah. No, you can if you want to. No bonus points or anything. But uh, right, you know, if you want to do it, go for it. Uh, so, but reporting is uh, just just to even kind of focus on that more. Uh, I've done an entire stream on how to write proper reports, and I, I'll be always glad to do more and and mentor on them. Uh, and I've even shifted the way I've done reports part when I did OSCP, and then even now, kind of being in the, on this threshold of of. You know, being offsec and um, uh, operations, so the purple teaming, whatever the whatever you want to call it. Um, ultimately, like working with my my blue counterparts, very much hand in hand. Going, what do you guys want to see? And so, it, when it comes to good report writing for OSCP passing, uh, you just they tell you very clearly, we want two pi we want pictures this, we want to do that. There's this many steps you need to document every one. They're very clear. Make sure when you write your report that you have that checklist there and you go for this point level box, it needs this one, two, it contains these two things. One, two, it does this one, two. All right, next. So, and that's, that's the best way to pass. I mean, they, they don't give you more points for throwing more screenshots. In fact, if you distract them too much and they're not able to see the value that they need to see, that is actually a way you can fail. I've seen someone who had to go, Hey, no, I have all that there. Could you please do a double take? And then, the, they, they go back around, they audit it and go, okay, we see it's there, but you, you added a lot. So just do exactly what they ask you. Again, there's a reason they give you this stuff. Follow it. <laughs> right, right. Now, John, coming to you for this next question, do we really learn it all on the OSCP course or do we need other resources too? That's uh, going to be just like a uh, gosh blind hacker. Why don't we just ask him all the questions? He, he has all the answers. Um, it, it's based on what your experience is and what you have done in the past. If you um, are a penetration tester or you're trying to break in, you're going to have different skills. If you've never done anything in your, uh, like Jim had mentioned, coming directly out of high school and haven't done any system administration or network administration, then you're potentially going to have more to learn. So um, focusing on the material first so that you can determine, are these things that I'm 
comfortable with? Is this what I know? Or mm-hmm. am I really going to have to, to dig deep and, and learn a lot of other stuff? I'm not a Python programmer, but I spent some of my time on that because that wasn't where my strength was. And so um, uh, scripting and things like that I could do but maybe Python, not, not as much. And so I spent a little bit more time on that. Some people may come in as programmers and they may not know network uh, engineering as much or uh, you know, how to uh, port forward, things like that. Then you may have to focus a little bit more on that. So the important thing is to go through the material, find where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and make sure that you cover those up because you're going to need them. Um, the, the exam covers a lot of stuff. And, and like Blind Hacker said, they ask you very specific questions. They tell you exactly what you need to do. Right. Uh, and by simply following directions, uh, you can perform and, and regurgitate what you've learned. And, and if you do need to uh, study things that you came into the class not having, they give you plenty of uh, boxes to learn that on. And there's also other resources out there like the TJ Null, um, Hack the Box uh, lists and his other lists, he's got several. And he's very been very helpful in helping people to learn uh, what they need to know to pass. Yep. So L was kind enough to drop into the chat window, the course syllabus. And like it was said, you know, go through that syllabus, see where your strengths and weaknesses are, where there's opportunities for you to learn things that you're not familiar with that will be covered on the exam, because it's going to tie into one of the other questions here. And that's, does the panel have any suggestions for time management during the exam? The 24 hours terrifies me as it takes me a long time to do a lot of this stuff, says Neil. Neil, thank you for that. Guys, I'm going to open it up. Any suggestions from any of our panelists or Jim yourself uh, on time management? It's a skill. Um, no, I, I actually echo what, what others have said. Um, I, I, you know, I really appreciate this, this aspect of, of having a panel here too, because it's, it's one thing for, for, for me to sit here and, 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 and say some things um, as a representative of, of the company. Um, but, but it's, it's always so gratifying to hear similar items uh, repeated or, or, or stated from, uh, from, from different uh, students that have gone through the, the program and, and, and have that right. same takeaway. It's, it's extremely gratifying. It's a, so, so I, I really like that. Um, I, I think that there's, there's a few things that, that I, I, I think are worth repeating. Number one is it's it's as much of a mind game as it is a, a technical item, and, and so you want to make sure that that you you you're zen. You know, you walk in with uh, a, a, a bit of calm. You you don't have a busy mind, and you're focused on what you need to do. do. And know that if it's if you fail it's not the end of the world it's 150 dollars and uh and and some time you take it as a learning experience and you you self-evaluate you identify where your strengths where your weaknesses are and you focus and prepare better for the next time uh when when you're doing this one um yeah there's a time limit uh 
Some people say it's too long. Some people say it's too short. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's no winning on that one. Uh, right. But, but it, it, it's set there with the idea that if, if you're going to uh, mainline Red Bull and, and sit there with a bag of Cheetos <laughs> and, and you, you, a catheter, catheter and everything, and you're just not leaving the desk, you're approaching it wrong. You, you, you really need to sit down, work for a little bit. When you hit the wall and, and you, things just aren't moving, you get up, you walk around the block, you, you get yep. something to eat, you take a nap. You, and you, you, you have to find proper work-life balance in all things and including this including exam. exam. Yeah. And completely. And, and that, that sort of Iron Man tough guy approach is not going to work. If, if, you, if you need to resort to that to, to pass, um, you, you weren't ready. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard pill, but, but you, you, you're not ready if, if you got to kill yourself to, to, to get there because it, it's just not necessary. Uh, you, you know the material, know what's in the courseware. There's no tricks. Uh, there, there's, there's, the, the exam is a lot more direct than even the labs are. And, and so you, you just know can, that, can have confirm. calm. Exactly. It, it, it's, it, there's no pain and sufferance in, in the, in the, in the exam. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just, it just the number one thing I, I focus most people on is, is more just their, their mindset when they walk in there and less the technical. You know, and that holds true for real life scenarios as well. So sure the exam is preparing you for what to expect when you're on these engagements. You know, uh, look at the guys from, you know, the situation that happened in Iowa. You never know what you're going to end up having <laughs> to deal with on an For engagement. Sure. And, you know, it can be as much mental as anything else. I'm going to have to start wrapping it up for the podcast recording itself. But like I said, folks, if you're able to stick around, we're going to keep the real talk going it's just not going to be recorded. And for those that are listening to the podcast, I do apologize, but that's part of being included in the Cyber Speaks live audience. So with that, I want to do one more round robin. Jim, I am going to start with you. Just your last tip or trick for those that are going to take this 24-hour daunting exam. What is your go-to tip for them? Get a good night's sleep the day before. Perfect. Joe? Um, oh, geez. Uh, the go-to tip. Uh, yeah, like, like Jim said, uh, really, it's about uh, find, find, your, find your methodology, find your zen, um, be, be well prepared. All right. Ian? My go-to tip would be to uh, actually go through all the lab machines in the offensive security course because it will hone your skills and will master your trade cup, trade craft when it comes to uh, actually approaching these boxes. This this will greatly help you on the exam itself. Perfect. Thank you for that. And lastly, John. I would say, uh, building on on what Ian said, uh, take great notes. Make sure that you have a lot, a nice cheat sheet for things that you've used, uh, commands you're going to use. You're going to use them over and over again in the in the labs and if you create a good set of notes then they will serve you well in the exam and and keep you calm and make sure that you are focused um, those notes really help a lot i think yeah that pretty much goes true for most 
exams in our industry. Uh, I see folks tabbing books all the time. You see that stuff on Twitter constantly. So some really great suggestions there. Once again, I want to thank each one of you for coming on, being a part of the show, sharing your wisdom and experiences with the audience. If you're able to, please feel free to stick around, help us move through this Q&A as much as possible. L, appreciate everything you're doing to help us monitor that. Very, very much appreciated. For those that would like to stick around for our Real Talk session afterwards, just stay in the room. We will keep pushing through the Q&A panel for as long as our guests are able to stay with us. Please be mindful of their time and, and make this as general as possible and as beneficial to everyone that is uh, participating so that they, we can all benefit, right? But for now, folks, my name is Duncan Macklin. I am InfoSec War on Twitter. This has been another engaging episode of Cyber Speaks Live with our great industry heavyweights and you, the InfoSec community, where we try to give you a voice that can be heard around the world. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But before I do, if you are listening to this on uh, whatever platforms, you can subscribe from anchor.fm forward slash cyber speaks live thank you for joining and we will talk with you next week 